Welcome to episode 7 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Steve Fountas here with Eric Sanchez. And today's show is the very first in my and our WrestleMania Memories Project. Uh, today specifically, we're going to talk about WrestleMania 31. I'll get to why I chose that show in a second. Uh, but on today's show, I'm going to incorporate an interview I did this week with uh, a fan and of wrestling, not necessarily of the show, but hopefully he'll become a fan of the show. Uh, his name is Lance, and he went to WrestleMania 23, and I interviewed him about his experience there. Um, and he had some fun stories, and it's part of what I want to do with this project. I also had a couple of interviews with people this week that we're going to spread out over the next several weeks from now till WrestleMania. Uh, KB Wrestling Reviews came on, and he had awesome stories about WrestleMania uh, 30 and 32 he attended. Uh, Danny Williams, a guy from Toronto, attended 6 and 18. Uh, both of those ended up being almost our conversations. Those will most likely just be full shows. Um, I actually also had my wife come on and had her talk about her first experience at WrestleMania 32 live. But we will get to that in a second and get to the first interview in a second. Eric, how are we today? Oh, we're doing great. Yeah? You excited yep. after watching that Raw with the... Festival of Friendship with Jericho and Owens. Yeah, that was really good. I liked it. Yeah, we were just talking about that uh, before we started, how we thought that was just an awesome segment this past Monday, actually just yesterday now, because we record on Tuesdays, and uh, from top to bottom, one of the best segments in Raw history, like no yeah. like hyperbole, it was awesome. When Jericho was telling him how much it meant to him, I mean, that was real. Like, it, Yeah. I think it was the, his one of his best years. And that's why it, it like, the crowd was like, no. Owens, yeah. no. Wow, you guys are best friends. Yeah. And then they had the awesome main event with Bailey and Charlotte. Awesome match. So we're on the road to WrestleMania, as WD likes to call it. Uh, so let's get into why I picked WrestleMania 31. We're literally just going to go match by match and talk about the show. And the reason I picked this one is because when this was happening live in the build up to WrestleMania 31, a lot of people were shitting on it, saying this is going to be a terrible WrestleMania. Every match sucks. Like, what are we doing here? Like, Roman in the main event, oh, terrible. But then the show happened, and it was awesome. Like, we, I rewatched it today and yesterday, and Eric rewatched the whole show from top to bottom. And it's an awesome WrestleMania. One of the better WrestleManias ever, like yeah. top to bottom. Yeah. I was telling you earlier when I watched it uh, live, I didn't think it was that good. I thought it was okay, but I think because everything happened so fast, I don't have time to digest how good things are. But watching it little by little, piece by piece yesterday, I was able to just enjoy the match for what it was, think about it, and then, you know, an hour later, two hours later, I'd watch the next, I don't know, hour of the WrestleMania. Yeah, and uh, as I said to you, I watched the whole show, and I didn't really pause it or anything. I, I maybe skipped over a couple of the recaps because I remembered what happened and the feuds, I didn't need to watch them again. 
but it was a four-hour show, just under four hours, and mm-hmm. it didn't feel super long, and it, ne- it never really dragged. No. I just thought it was... Well, I'm trying, I'm, what am I trying to say? I just thought it was really good. Yeah. The ladder I mean, match started it off. Yeah. We'll get into breakdown, bottom, you know, match by match and everything like yeah. that. But it was just great. And this year, it seems a lot of people, without knowing officially what the Rose Mini cards are going to be, just based on rumors and without even seeing the matches yet, even if the rumored card happens, it could still be a great show. This, this, this goes to prove it. It's just an awesome WrestleMania top mm-hmm. to bottom. Let's hope this year is the same thing. Uh, I feel like this year he may even have a better build than 31 did, but I think this show could, this year, 33, or no, yeah, we're in 33, could be a great WrestleMania, just like 31 was when it didn't have a, a good build. Yeah. And uh, being it's, it's two years old, almost two years old, I thought it was cool to look back on that and then remember the rivalries that were happening at the time. And just everything, I don't know, it just came back and it just felt like that was the right way to do things or, you know, that buildup was good and this match was good. And yep. so many different, to have a good, like, WrestleMania moment, I think all the matches had at least one or two. Yeah, from top to bottom, like, there's, they'll be using highlights from the show for a while. It had a unique feel because mm-hmm. this show was outdoors, which is not uncommon for WrestleMania lately, but it was during the day. Most of the show was during the day because of the West Coast. Yeah. I remember being a little distracted at the very beginning when this first came out, uh, watching it live, especially when the sun was directly on the crowd and the hard camera. But I think it, it, it kind of makes it stand out a little bit more. It reminded me a lot of WrestleMania Nine. Was that the Roman? Yep. Yeah. Or not Roman Reigns? No, Roman no, Coliseum. Yeah, the, the Roman <laughs> theme. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, what it reminded me of. Yeah, but this one was obviously much bigger scale, and this one, the main event ended at night, so I thought that made it seem a little more important too. Like yeah. all these are during the day, right? Sun's down. It's main event time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, let's talk about the set at this WrestleMania. It was kind of a minimalist set. Uh, just LED poles to cover the ring. A giant stage. And I realized the stage was so giant when they had the uh, the music performer, Skylar Gray, and I think Travis Barker performed a song. Uh-huh. And she's like a tiny little girl. And her walking across that stage, you get really to see how big it is, like how big the, the stage itself is. Yeah. I noticed it when the intro for sting when they had i don't know if they're japanese or yeah asian drummers or all that kind of stuff i'm like god there's so many people in there and, and there's still a lot of room up there yeah it was a minimalist set but still a grand scale mm-hmm. uh it was a newer brand brand new stadium at the time it's only a couple years old and this also was the first wrestlemania since wrestlemania 23 i did not attend live and i kind of regret it because how awesome the show was but when this they announced it i'm like well I don't need to go to Santa Clara, California. There's nothing for me to do in San Jose. I'm in Chicago. It's a long, expensive flight. I'll skip this one. Uh, but after I saw that one, I'm like, all right, I'm going next year. Like, yeah. you, you When go. I was watching it, I thought you had gone. So there were questions I was going to ask you about some of the backstage stuff, some of the video packages. Yeah. Did they show that to well, the crowd? Because some they, of them, there were reactions, and some of them, there weren't. They, so always, show the, they always show the packages. Uh, pretty much anything that you're seeing on the, uh, the Trons, you, you see there. Uh, the, I'm sorry, you see on, like, the packages that you see like on TV. TV? Yeah, you'll see on the Trons. The only problem with those packages when you're live is it's mostly spoken word stuff, so it's kind of hard to hear those packages. It's a really yeah. bad echo. But it's just, it's nice to be there. Um, it's nice to have. And another stuff you, you won't see live, or you won't see if you're not there live, is sometimes they'll be cutting to the, just the announcers talking, and we don't see that. Like, if the camera's just on the announcers, we don't see that, because there's there's no... I think sometimes they show, like, commercials for WWE products yeah. and stuff for the Trons, but nothing really 
out of the order. Nothing really crazy that, that you wouldn't see otherwise. Um, so I mentioned this one was my first WrestleMania I didn't see live since 23. 23 was my first WrestleMania I attended live. And uh, our first WrestleMania interview memory, this, his name is Lance from Chicago. Uh, I'm going to pull up the interview here in a second for everyone to listen to. It was his only WrestleMania he got to go to. And I asked him, you know, you'll hear in the interview, like, why did you decide to go? And he explains it, how, you know, he couldn't get tickets to 22. He's like, me and my friend just said, screw it. Let's just go. And he's got fun stories. And he even tells a little story. He got to be on WWE.com interview. Uh, so, yeah, he's got fun little stories. So uh, before we get into our breakdown of the WrestleMania 31 show, here's a quick little interview with Lance. Uh, me and him talking WrestleMania 23. All right, guys, our next interview in the WrestleMania Memories interview project is Lance, and he's from my neck of the woods in Chicago. Lance, how are you? I'm pretty good, Steve. How are you doing today? Doing good. So Lance actually and I have one thing in common, which is where not only from being from Chicago, so I guess two things, is <laughs> he went to WrestleMania 23, which was my first WrestleMania I went to, which kind of started the spiral that is me attending every year. Uh, so Lance, what made you decide... I'm assuming you've been a wrestling fan for a while. Maybe you said, I'm going to go to WrestleMania. I'm going to make the trip up and go do it. Because it's not a cheap well, trip. <laughs> it wasn't. like uh, What really sealed the deal for me and my friends to go to WrestleMania 23 was 22 sold out so fast. So we're like, well. Yeah, because it's in the Allstate Arena, which holds 14,000 maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even have a chance. I logged in, and it was sold out in like five minutes. Yep, same thing with me. Yeah, so they announced it for Detroit the next year, and we're like, Let's do it. It's only a six and a half hour drive or whatever it was. And uh-huh. Drove up, drove up two nights before, and Did went you... to the go went to the go home Ross show earlier that week at Allstate Arena. Okay. So did you do anything? So you went up a couple of days before. Did you do any of the wrestling stuff up there? Or did you just kind of hang out with your with your buddies in Detroit? We just pretty much hung out. We didn't. Not, the couple of guys I was with had no didn't want to go to the hall of fame thing that was happening mm-hmm. yeah that was all they had really going on at that time yeah it's true because um in the time that even i have gone i've seen such a huge difference in like the event like wrestlemania 23 yeah. kind of started it all which is why i wanted you to come on because you have a unique experience too with like you mentioned last the year before 22 it was the all state and then before that mm-hmm. was at the madison square garden in la so these are just regular arenas now right. we're into massive stadiums. Um, mm-hmm. Have you have been to other events before besides WrestleMania and since, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah. The very first pay-per-view I ever went to was uh, Spring Stampede 1994 for WCW at the, Allstate Arena. What was the main event of that one? Do you remember? <laughs> it, it was uh, Flair Steamboat. Well, that's not a bad main event for how bad WCW could have been in 94. So not I bad. Know. It was, it, and it was a pretty good match considering that it was in like 1994 and they were already five years past their classic yeah. at the Shytown Rumble. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so why don't you talk about a little bit the difference, so people who have never been, from a regular show to walking up to a stadium, and it's kind of like a, a tailgate party atmosphere, right? Like there's wrestling fans everywhere. It is. That's and We were, we actually tailgated before we went in. There you go. Too. There you go. Yeah, it was just, there's just such an atmosphere about it than any other, like, pay-per-view I've ever been to. Yeah. You just... You can't explain it like that when you walk into in the arena to go go to your seats. It's like, wow! It just opens up, and you're like, holy crap! We're at WrestleMania. Did <laughs> like, you guys have? Did you guys have like nosebleed seats or decent seats? Where were you? We were 
in the first risers. Okay, so behind, good seats. Behind the chairs. Yeah. yeah, and they were only like 45 bucks. Really? That's insane. Yeah. I can't I think like the nosebleeds are more expensive than that now. That's insane. I remember Yeah, it was like I think after charges I think we all paid like $56 a piece or something. Was this face value or did you get them on secondary? Do you remember? Secondary market? It was face It was face value. Wow, WWE was just throwing money away at that point because people were paying a lot more now. I, we we were up on the nosebleeds, and it was I had the similar story to you where I was like, let's just go, let's take the drive up there. So right. I think I got three seats for a hundred bucks total, but we were all the way in the top. But still, yeah. it was cool to be a part of that atmosphere, like you said, when you walk in, it's so much different than anything else. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I mean, we were still far away. Yeah, I mean, because it's such a big place, and yeah. they still use the same size rig, and for you sure. see the ring looks so small in that building. Yeah, that's another thing too. So you're on the risers. How was like your view from from where you were? Were you able to see? Did you have to look at the screen the whole time? No, we we could see fine. I mean, some of the stuff, like some of the moves when they show the replay, you'd have to look at the video board. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. go on. I'm sorry. No, I was like, because they basically played like the replays, like what you see on TV. Yeah. Um, so another thing that's cool that's different about WrestleMania compared to other events is the spectacle of the entrances mm-hmm. and the stage. And, and compared to WrestleMania's now, the WrestleMania 23 stage is kind of modest. But at the time, it was massive. Like, they had those huge screens and there was pyro yeah. and everything. I mean, being this was, like, one of your first times, um, what was your thoughts on, like, the production value of everything that WrestleMania offered that year? It was insane. It wasn't as loud as, like, bra. Like, when you go to a Raw, like, with the Pyros, because yeah. when you're in the smaller smaller place. But, like, the thing that really stuck out to me the most was we were directly, we were on the risers, like, directly facing the entrances. Yeah. So, like, what threw me off was, like, you could still feel the heat from, like, the Undertaker's, like, fire and all that. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a good thing to bring up, because, I, 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 like I said, I've been to a bunch of WrestleMania, so I kind of forget about that. Um, mm-hmm. His Undertaker's entrance is something to see at WrestleMania. Yes, uh, the the fire, everything like that. It's even I think the most jaded fan will kind of get goosebumps when he comes out. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I was wasn't expecting that, and I I'd seen him live through all his every variation of his character. I guess yeah, you'd say the American badass, <laughs> even. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, first first time I saw him live was uh. At Allstate Arena in February of '93 against Yokozuna, Man. and that was like so when he was still in the like gray with the gloves and. The... That's so. Are you like pretty much anything local you're usually going to, around here? Pretty at least? much, yeah, yeah. Like I went to the first DCW show in Villa Park. Oh wow, that's awesome! Back in '99, I went to uh, I went to No Mercy 2007. So you went from a little like community hall in Villa Park all the way to WrestleMania in Detroit, yeah. Which is well, and then growing up like, like growing up like through the eighties and stuff, like we were going to Allstate like three, four times a year through the eighties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was younger, because I'm thirty two, so I, I'd say the early nineties are kind of my heyday of when I went a lot. Uh-huh. Um, and what's funny is my friends and I talk because we go to shows all the time now because we have jobs and can afford it. <laughs> And we were like, I wish we, I wish we went more, like when Austin and Rock were in it, because we couldn't, we wouldn't have jobs, and the ticket would seem so much hotter to get then. Right. I missed out. I didn't go to any live ones from like '96 until the ECW show in '99. I'm 36. Yeah. So same, same age bracket, pretty much. Right. Yeah. 
so it's like I took some time off there to go to the live shows because, like you said, the, in the mid nine, mid to late nineties, they were almost impossible to get. Even when WCW would run the United Center. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier about how it sold out super fast at twenty two to twenty three. So being that you've been to arenas like the Allstate Arena, the small arena shows, you've been to the mm-hmm. huge show at WrestleMania. Do you think? the WWE should ever go back to those small arenas for WrestleMania, or does it have to stay a spectacle, huge stadium show? I I like what they do with the huge stadiums and the spectacle. I think that's what makes WrestleMania so much different than all the other events. Yeah. Different different stages, different entrances, all that stuff. And even online, or not online, I guess online now on the network, but watching at home, I think it would take something away from it. it. WrestleMania would just feel like another show. Yeah. If it, if it was in the thing. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you feel the same way because i've argued with a few people about that and i'm like no it's got to stay in the huge stadium it just has to i agree and i'm like it and keep it in the huge stadiums like it pretty much makes it impossible that it'll ever come back to chicago yeah unless i mean unless for some reason they pick soldier field but i don't think they can do that they they, 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 they push they push their luck in new jersey new york like they got really lucky and it was still kind of yeah. crappy like I, we've had snowstorms here in April, so they could. Oh, sh- I know. We've had snowstorms, we've had thunderstorms, like within a day of each other. So yeah. <laughs> it'd be a huge risk on WWE's part, but it'd be yeah. awesome, and I'm sure you'd be there. I would be too. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I went to. Uh, then I went to the NXT show at the Portage Theater last year. Did you go to the day show or the night show? The night show. Me too. I was that one too. Were you really? Yeah, I wasn't. I don't know. Were you? Uh, did you have like the general admission, or did you have actual seats on the floor? Well, we had the seats on the floor, mm-hmm. but me and my friend that I went with, we were a lot taller. We were in the first row. Yeah. Um, over by the, like, it would be if you're facing the entrance, like, to the okay. left by the big tall speakers. Yeah. So, we, like, we felt bad because we're, like, the people that were behind us were really short. Mm-hmm. So, we're, like, we talked to one of the agents that were on there, and we ended up switching. That's nice with, of you guys. <laughs> with the people, and he let us have, like, free roam. Like, we didn't have to, like, sit down or anything. We just kind of slid over into like this gap of concrete that was by the by the speakers yeah we were there and we were just thinking about like it was cool to be there at the porch theater for those who don't know the porch theater is just an old dingy theater in chicago um that they use as concert hall sometimes they use as apparently wrestling shows sometimes but (laughs) it was such a mess like people could there was assigned seats but people just sat wherever the hell they wanted it was like an old school show well, they're like, the way they had the, the chair set up, it's like, if we would have sat down, it was like, there was like six inches between our knees and like, yeah. the section of seats were like, ugh, yeah. <laughs> like, this like, is miserable. It's like, you guys should have just went to the Allstate. You, you had enough for two shows, you could have just went to the Allstate and been fine. I know. Even if they just oh, sold even, the lower bowl, it would have been fine. Even UIC Pavilion. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That'd be a good place to go. It keeps, still has that like indie feel that they w- were going for, but yeah, but it was it, fun though. <laughs> it was, it was a fun show. It was. Now back to WrestleMania, the big event. Yes. Um, the main event of that one was, I think, an underrated main event in the terms of wrestling, I guess, history. It was Shawn Michaels versus John Cena. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that match? Ah, uh, well, I guess was... being there live, and then with the benefit of hindsight, first let's talk about you being there live. Yeah, it was. I loved it because I was my friends and I are big DX fans, yeah. so we're like, "Oh, is he going to use the DX music? Do we finally get to hear it like live in person and uh-huh. all that?" And they and they did, which was awesome. Yeah. So we're like, "Yeah, we're like, there's no way Sean's winning this one." <laughs> I'm the opposite. See, I wanted to hear HBK's music, and I was pissed it's when really? the DX came out. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> to me, he's a singles guy. He should be coming out to his music, but right. 
the match itself, I don't know about you guys, but me and my friends thought for sure Michaels is winning. I I didn't think so. I'm like, uh, oh, Cena's Cena's being Cena at that time, and we're like, oh, we're like he's gonna beat HBK now. We're like because of Triple H's injury, we're like, oh, he's probably winning. <laughs> yeah, to me, the match that stole the show was Undertaker Batista. Yes. So you thought so too? What? So I mean, we were up in the nosebleeds, so we were kind of <laughs> people were kind of sitting throughout the whole show just because. But what was you you guys like being closer to the action? Was everybody like really into that match? Yeah, everybody was really captivated with that one, and then HBK and Cena. And it, it was like there was almost like this like quiet buzz like going through. Yeah, crowd down there. Yeah, I mean, they kept you on the edge of your seat. Both mat both matches were excellent. Yeah, I for sure was not expecting Batista Undertaker to be as good as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, do you got any other overall thoughts of not necessarily that show, but just being there in general and, and the actual atmosphere of the show and, and the people around you? Everyone seemed, when I've been WrestleMania, everyone's always in a good mood and everyone's always in a, I guess, happier place they would be than at a football game or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, everything was enjoyable. Like I got, I got to be interviewed for the pre-show by Maria. Oh, really? We are yeah, we were ha- walking through the lobby when we got in, and she was down there doing some interviews for that. Uh, it was only for WWE.com. Yeah, where they did their that's where they did their pre-show then. And like, she used to work for a company that I used to work for, so we called out the company name, and she <laughs> called me over to get interviewed. So that added to it. <laughs> yeah. So now you got now what's cool is you you went to WrestleMania, which is cool, but now you've got a fun little add-on story that nobody else would have that went there. Right. And I still had it. I had it saved for so long because I was like, okay, once You're they famous. take this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, once they take this down, I'm never going to be able to see this again or find it. Was it just like, hey, where are you guys from? Who are you excited for type of thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she's like, how do you feel about HBK and C? And I'm like, oh, Shawn Michaels has to win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they used it. They probably wanted a bunch of people to say, we want Cena. <laughs> Yeah, and I had my DX shirt on. And... Oh, you were ready. You were you were ready to go. So, yeah, my yeah. friend, me and my friend had our tag team championship belts with us. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> see. My wife last year bought me a belt for Christmas. I've always kind of wanted one, but whatever. And I'm like, they're too expensive. And I was surprised how heavy it was. And when I see people yeah. bring them to shows, I'm like, how do you carry those the entire show? I know. Was that I'm... like a better idea at the time type of thing before you got there? Yeah, because we like we bought them, we got them right before we went to the go yeah. home raw. Uh-huh. So we took them there too, and then we're like, oh, we're lugging them around Detroit for ten hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a terrible idea. Yeah, they're not the little. They're about. They're not little cheap plastic toys. They're metal and yeah. fake leather. They're pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah. Any other uh, highlights for you from the show itself, be it matches or or anything else that stood out to you? Ah, uh, the theme song. Ladies and gentlemen, by yes, Saliva. I'm so glad you heard that because my friends and I have officially declared that one the best WrestleMania theme song there's ever been. Yeah, either it's a toss up between that one or My Way. Is it that just because of the music video they did with Austin and Rock for the My Way? Pretty is that fun. part of it? Yeah. So take that video away. Saliva gets the crown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, that and like, uh, what else? There was some other things. I mean, this was, was, oh, this was, was the Trump cool one. Like, yeah, that too. <laughs> Which is hilarious now thinking about that. <laughs> I know. I, like, I put that on my Facebook last year. Yeah. <laughs> around WrestleMania. I was like, in honor of 
the upcoming presidential election. Here's the rest of the only WrestleMania I attended where Trump gets stone cold stunned. Oh my goodness. It's just what a what we live in. We now live in pro wrestling. Pro, I know the world now lives in pro wrestling. <laughs> it's true. You're like, Oh, is this a work or a shoot? Or well, <laughs> he started using those pretty words. Much, pretty much what it is. Is he working us with this? It's just, I'm not going to get to that stuff, but it's just, it's just so funny now that, like you, the same way. I'm like, yep, I was there. I was in the same building as him, which will probably never happen again now because it's carrying all that, but I was there. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Another thing that stood out was like seeing the ECW originals. They had that. Yeah, that's cool. Especially for you being at, a, being at the smaller show so many years prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. See, even though it was just basically a throwaway match. So you guys, are, are you going to attend the WrestleMania again? It'll depend on location, or what do you think? Uh, yeah, we actually... Started making our plans for next year in New Orleans. It's worth it. So I'm probably That's skipping. What I've heard. Yeah, I'm probably skipping this year just because of just the way my lights working out. But uh, New Orleans is the best city for WrestleMania, hands down. And I've never been to New Orleans anyway, so we're like a bunch of my friends are like, let's go. And everything's, we'll everything's walking drive. distance. Everything's walking distance, so it's awesome. awesome. Get a hotel near Bourbon Street, park your car, and just drink and walk because you will have that the times of your life. I promise. That is amazing because I was like, Ford Field's kind of off. Yeah, it was off in the beaten path, whereas we walked to the Superdome day of the show. Everybody walked there. Huh. And after the show ended, tons of happy wrestling fans in the street because Daniel Bryan won. Oh, yeah, you got got to go to one of my favorite recent ones. Yeah, that's probably – that one and 28 are my two favorites I've been to. I like 28, the atmosphere. Yep, Roxena, you can't beat it. Exactly. I'm like, there were some matches I went back and watched it a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, this wasn't. I'm like, I was so excited for it back then, but then watching it in hindsight, I'm like, oh, well, Roxena was awesome. Yeah, it's it's what it is, but you gotta. It's tough to look back and judge matches because you gotta think of where you were at the time, and at the time they exactly. were good matches. So, because well, like WrestleMania from last year, like I watched it a couple times since then, and I'm like, it wasn't too bad at all. Right. Like, exactly. The matches themselves have been good, and that's like. I, I'm like, I felt so defeated after last year sitting through that long show, but I'm like, I'm going back and watch, I'm like, this was awesome. this was pretty good, I it, thought. Yes, it was. So I hope you get to go again for sure next year. So definitely. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be down at the Superdome. The Silver Dome, <laughs> not the Superdome. The Superdome, Silver Dome. <laughs> I'll throw the Hulk Hogan in there. There you go. <laughs> it the, did wait for the Silver Dome, brother. There you go. I mean the Superdome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story with me and everything. I appreciate it. This is part of a fun project I'm doing. So far, it's been great. And I was telling my wife, she was actually on, and wrestling fans, there's a, a community, and everyone's in on it, and everyone's in on this fake sport we all like, and uh, everyone's cool to each other for the most part. It is. It's When you get around that certain group of fans that just love it, it's like it's awesome to have that like camaraderie yeah. at a show. It is. It is. So. Uh, you got a Twitter or anything you want to plug or anything like that? Um, yeah, I'm at uh, LanceRoz25 All right. on Twitter. LanceRoz20, R-O-Z-Z? It, it, just one Z. You got you to specify because people will be searching. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lance, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate you sharing your stories for a quick 15 minutes here. And, um, you know, maybe we'll run into each other sometime in the we Chicago might. area or maybe in New Orleans. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. All right. right. So that was the first of our series of interviews. Uh, You can find Lance on Twitter. I mentioned it through the interview. Uh, 
if you guys want, if anyone listening has ever been to a WrestleMania and wants to come on and talk about it, let me know. Shoot me a note on Twitter, which I have not said already, which is shocking because I always plug Twitter at PPW Podcast or shoot me an email, uh, PPWpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, SoundCloud, iTunes, subscribe, listen, all that fun stuff. Yeah? You ready, Eric? Well, I'm ready. Well, okay. with the podcast stuff, I don't have, I just, uh, let me look up what I have. Because well, it's pretty much like a service that I'll just like type it in, and yeah. it'll, it'll pull it out from all those. Yeah, because you have Android. So Eric has an Android phone. Um, I have an iPhone, so I, I do it all through iTunes. Uh, but you could also, I know there's a SoundCloud, you can download the SoundCloud app plus on your phone. Yeah, like Podcast Addict is what I use. Yeah, so that yeah, Podcast Addict will, ever, basically SoundCloud feeds into all those things. Yeah. So since we're on SoundCloud, you can find us pretty much anywhere you, you, have, a, you have a podcast. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. WrestleMania 31. All right. Live from, they keep saying the Bay Area because it's Santa Clara, which is a suburb of San Jose, uh, California. Levi Stadium. Yep, the brand new Levi Stadium. Uh, I mentioned the set and the daytime feel of WrestleMania. Uh, before we get started into the first match, anything you want to talk about with kind of the overhead shots of the stadium, especially during the day or anything like that that you saw? No, I mean, I, the only thing I thought was that there were just... Anything outside with that much sun kind of just looks so immense and so many people, which is kind of, I'm always amazed at how, how large the crowds are for WrestleMania. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, and it's just like, everything looks so small and the ring looks so small and, and it's always, it's become a tradition where the walk from the, from the ramp to the ring is forever. Yeah, it is. And we'll talk about that later during Seth Rollins cash in like mm -hmm. the shot they had of there. Yeah. So. All right, very first match was the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. Um, Daniel Bryan, Luke Harper, Stardust, R-Truth, Wade Barrett, who I completely forgot was actually the defending champion going into this match. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, that's six. There's one more guy. Who am I missing? Dean Ambrose. Dean, yeah. Yep, so there's those seven guys. And I forgot there were seven. As I, I thought it was six. Yeah. And then there's seven. I'm like, oh, is there more? Yeah. <laughs> Great match. I mean, it's a fun match. It's it doesn't have a lot of the standard um, slow climb teases. There's a couple of that. Yeah. But for the most part, it's fun spots, and then the crowd's into it from bell to bell. I thought it was really good with how they, I don't know, just utilize. I don't know why they use small ladders. I mean, obviously to hurt each other, but there's no way a small ladder is going to be able to get you the belt. Uh huh. But they utilize a lot of small ladders. Um, just the, I don't know what you call the dives where you climb the ladder and you jump on the whole herd of people down yeah, there. Yeah. Those are always kind of silly to me because... One guy, Dean Ambrose, taking yeah. out everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the people on the outside just kind of fall down just to fall down. Yeah, but, but you got to realize that is more for the crowd, the live crowd, because yeah. when you're farther away, it just looks like just a mass of people. Okay. So that's, and like it gets the crowd to jump up, so that's more of a sound and a visual thing for you to see at home. Yeah. When I was watching it, I felt that... I don't know. I got behind all the guys that were kind of getting put over during the little time. So I thought Ziggler was going to win it. Then there was a time I thought Stardust was going to win it. Then I thought Brian was going to win it. I thought Harper might win it. Um, and those were the guys I was kind of rooting for. Um, more so Stardust, Ziggler. Yeah, those would be the two that I wanted to win it. But then when Brian, you know, started going to the top and battling back and forth with Ziggler, I'm like, well, I want Brian to win it. I, uh, I don't remember who I wanted to win at the time. I think I wanted Ambrose to win. Uh, I was okay with Brian winning, but then I thought, like, I think it's like a step down yeah, ramp step from down. where he was. But their plan was, as you as you can see later on, when Cena won the U.S. title, was to do the A and the B house shows with 
Brian headlining with the IC title and uh, Ambro or Cena with the US title. Um, Rollins was the champ, but the, the plan, I thought that was the plan for those two separate, you know, A and B house shows to headline with those two. Mm-hmm. Um, any other spots in that match or little moments? Well, I, I got a couple two, notes. I, um, well, the three that I got is Luke Harper. Um, oh my God. Luke Harper, yeah, good spot. Yeah, there were one, he power bombs. Who was it that he power bombed over the top and into the ladder? Was Ambrose. Ambrose. Yeah, the ladder broke. Then there was something that he did with, or the superplex with Stardust. Yeah. Off the top rope. I think that was actually Barrett that did it. I think Barrett did it to him. Bad news, Barrett. Well, there was another spot where, let me try to look it up. Yeah, so I, I, regardless of who did it, Stardust is definitely the one that took the suplex. And the guy that gave him the suplex wasn't on the top run, but Stardust was. So he went off a lot further than the guy that gave him the actual suplex. Yeah, it was uh, Harper did that, and then he powerbombed Ambrose into the ladder. And that hit that Ambrose took, I thought he was dead. Anytime that they go through a ladder and the ladder bends in half like that, and they hit it so damn hard, I'm like, they got to go to the hospital. Yeah, and Ambrose uh, like kind of folded up a little bit. Like mm-hmm. an yeah. Uh, a note I have, I, I had the Dean bump. You know, mentioned on my list of spots, and uh, I thought it was cool when Stardust brought the sparkly ladder. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to write down what they called that, but I didn't think it was going to come up. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember what they called it, but it was like the fifth dimension <laughs> yeah. ladder. And then he had another one, at, and it was tiny. No, it was a big ladder. Oh, was it? It was a standard ladder. Okay. It was just sparkly. And then next year at WrestleMania, he had the polka dot ladder, so okay. he had a little spot. I like Stardust. I like. I like how goofy he was. Yeah. as his character. Uh, also, there was a spot where Wade Barrett gave the bull hammer to like everybody in the match, right? Yeah. And Jerry Lawler called it uh, Bull Hammer City. <laughs> so I wonder if he knew the Suplex City term was coming later on. Maybe, but the announcers always call something City. I guess I never really paid attention to it. Yeah, like Monsoon always did. He, you know, uh, Clothesline City or Headbutt yeah. City, and yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. I didn't think Jr. About that. would do something like that. That's true. Uh, the finish of the match, just uh, Daniel Bryan wins it, but the crowd was pretty pumped that he won it like there's the shot i thought the, the ending was so good of how he won it like they were trading fists back and forth him and, it was him and ziggler right yeah and then yeah. it's just the headbutts back and forth and which uh, and looking back maybe don't do headbutts daniel Bryan. Yeah. <laughs> you get your concussions. And jbl i think it was jbl that was on commentary kept saying it's like oh you're not gonna you know with a you're not gonna win a headbutt mat or battle with a goat <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh the after he pulled the belt down like the crowd all jumped up behind him and it's always cool and they have that shot of the kind of pan out and all the people, yes, 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 and he's on yeah. top of the ladder. So awesome opening match and just a good match in general. I don't know if it's the best ladder match at WrestleMania. Maybe we could talk about that in a future show, like the best gimmick match at WrestleMania. Um, but it was a damn good one. It was definitely better than uh, previous ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think the WrestleMania 32 ladder match was on par with that one. I and thought it was better. 32? Yeah, 32 is better. But, and that's, but that's not putting this one down. That's just, I think... This one kind of set the standard going forward. Like, okay, it's got to get better every year. You can't, you can't regress back. And we'll see what they do this year. Do you remember if there were seven people in last year's ladder match? I think so. There was. Let's see. There was Zack Ryder, Stardust, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Uh, who am I missing? That's four. Um, Kalisto. That's five. Yeah, Kalisto. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to go through it off the top. Okay. I mean, what's funny is I can probably recall everybody from WrestleMania 7, but last year I can't. Yeah. A resume like 5 or 6, I'm like, oh, there was in this match. So that's 5. I'll look it up in a second. Uh, what was next match in here? Orton, Seth Rollins. So everybody remembers this match 
for the big RKO out of nowhere spot, the curb stomp into the uh, RKO. But yeah, the, watching it again, I remember, and the video package helped set it up. Like that made me remember, okay, Orton was right. kind of with them yeah, when they I forgot when that they, too. when they brought Rollins in. You know, they had the Evolution deal. They brought Rollins in. Then there was jealousy between Orton always having to pick up or clean up Rollins's mess. So Rollins would create a bunch of crap, stir a bunch of shit, and then Orton would have to go in and clean it up. So he started getting mad about that. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Like mm. those minute, that's when it goes goes back to having good production. So I've got the WrestleMania 32 Blu-ray here. We're gonna see who's in that ladder match. All right. The disc one. Here we go. Kevin Owens versus Dolph Ziggler versus Zack Ryder versus Sin Cara. Did I say Kalisto? I think I yeah. switched him out. I think Kalisto's in it too. No. No. Versus Sami Zayn versus The Miz versus Stardust. How do we forget Ryder was in it? He won the damn thing. No, you said Ryder. Oh, okay. So I didn't say uh, The Miz or Sin Cara or Ziggler. I forgot Ziggler was in it. I could have swore um, Kalisto was in it. No, he's in the pre-match against Ryback, the very first match of the card. When there no, was I'm like, talking like a ladder, because I remember him going through a ladder somehow, unless that was just Sin Cara. That was just, no, he did go through the ladder, <laughs> but it was Sin Cara. Right, so back to this WrestleMania, back to 31. So we've got Rollins versus Rollins versus Orton. And even though everyone remembers the spot at the end, the match itself was good. Uh, pretty fast-paced, crowd was into it. Orton seemed really motivated throughout, and he didn't, he wasn't, like, just going through the motions. Orton generally puts on just good matches. Mm -hmm. And this one, he really kind of pushed through the edge, like, tried different stuff. Uh, see, it starts off fast. Um, they do, Rollins does a lot of, I put out flippy shit. <laughs> he has a lot of flips and jumps and yeah. sells for Orton. And at that time, I think Rollins was the first one that kind of came up to incorporate this indie type of fast-paced, flippy shit style. In, w like, in WWE. In WWE. I'm like, everybody was like, oh, Rollins is awesome. Rollins is the best. But really, there's so many well, other people Daniel that Daniel Bryan that. did that when he came up. Daniel Bryan did all that stuff, too. Not as good as Rollins did. Yeah, but Daniel Bryan's a much better wrestler than Seth Rollins. True. But Seth Rollins' balance and just the way he can land it's, on his feet all the time yeah. is, like, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's very... He's got the body built to be a wrestler. He's, like, yeah. lean. He's athletic. He's he's built. So, yeah, he's, he's fast. Um Another note I had on here was um, the – let's say there wasn't that finish, the RKO out of nowhere. There actually kind of was an RKO out of nowhere, but not as good earlier in the match. It still would have been a good match. It wouldn't have been as remembered as, as much as you would have, but it was still a good match. And uh, another thing, so Rollins was on Jericho's podcast, and he talked about that match. I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah, so go ahead. You can talk about it then. No, he was talking about how – I think Jericho asked him how that came about. And he was telling the story about the, how, the ending you're talking about. Yeah, okay. the RKO out of nowhere, the last one. And they were saying they were practicing and they just could not nail it. I think they were going on Thursday and they just couldn't get it. So they were going to try to scrap it to do where Rollins would do a springboard into an RKO. Which has been done. It's been done, but that just felt like the safe play to go on WrestleMania, such a big stage, and you don't want to screw something up. So as it's getting closer to it, I think they had a conversation about, you know, we're not going to play it safe. We're going to take chances. Let's go out there and try it. So then they did it, they and they nailed it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because I think in that podcast when Rollins was like, come on, Randy, you're always safe. He's like, you know what? I am always safe. I'm yeah. going to go for it. Right. <laughs> and uh, Rollins talked about how Orton was so pumped he hit it during the match, he forgot to cover him. Yeah. And, like, the ref was like, hey, Randy, you got to cover You could see how pumped Orton is. Oh, yeah. Uh, so anyone 
who's not seen this match in a while and just remembers the finish, go back and watch the actual match. There's, and there were other parts in the match that I thought made the match even better. Um, Randy's traditional like uh, DDT off the ropes, he did it off the apron and yeah. onto, onto the mats with J&J Security. Yep. Um, hit them both with RKOs. It, just everything going back and forth was just so good. Yeah, it's... Um... I'm glad we just picked an individual show because it was fun to just go back and watch and focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's fun when our shows go back and forth and kind of go all over the place. But this one, it was cool because I was focusing just on this and I was thinking about, oh, yeah, I remember the storyline for this now and I remember the aftermath of this match now. But we're two matches in and so far it's two for two on home runs on matches. A oh, little technical difficulty there, but we're back and... Uh, uh, we just finished up the Rollins-Orton match, and the next, we'll talk about how great it was, we loved it two for two. You heard it. <laughs> next up, we got <laughs> Sting and Triple H. Sting and Triple H. Right? Epic showdown. Monday Night Wars come alive. Sarcasm? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the match, all the, every, if I take the announcers out of it, it was a good match. I liked how things worked out. Um, I didn't, I don't know, there were some things I thought were problems with, but I'm just kind of picky with being nostalgic about, oh, they weren't really together back then, but I guess... You mean still NWO, NWO Hope and Stay? All right, we'll get to it. Let's, get, let's yeah. start over. Okay. That's why I'm trying to be vague, but we'll the get beginning I thought was so good, like just the epic entrances. The Sting the and the... theatrical, just everything was so good. Yeah. So I didn't like Sting's WWE music, but I did like with the crow, like whatever yeah. the hell else he goes. But I did like the, uh, like you mentioned, the, the drum band and everything for him. Yeah. It was kind of cool. It didn't, I don't really understand why Sting has Asian drum bands, but I it was cool. It worked I didn't like the the solo at the beginning. I don't know, the two or three minute solo where they were going without his yeah. music. But when they were playing with his music, it was really good. Yeah, and he kind of came out and he kind of like stopped and looked around. And yeah. was like, wow, this is awesome to be here. And he's a guy that's been all over the world, but he still was never at the show where everybody's watching. Yeah. And I think for him to be that, you know, I guess, I guess past his prime to look around and see that many people is like, Holy shit. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, Which, and I don't know if he's felt that way before in, in a Tokyo dome or something like that. Maybe he has, but just to see him not be part of WWE, WWF for so long. And then to finally be at the big show. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Definitely an awesome entrance. Triple H's entrance. Kind of lame. But it's okay. His Terminator entrance. Did you like it? At the time, I thought it was stupid. But going back and watching it, I thought it was pretty cool. Because obviously, they were, they tied in with their sponsor for the Terminator Genesis movie. Uh-huh. So, eh, I mean, it was cool. And, yeah. It was all right. I mean, I still think it's kind of silly. But it's WrestleMania. you got to do something big and something different. And, I don't know. He's like the Terminator character. And I think on the... Uh, WWE 24 special on WrestleMania. They talk mm -hmm. about that, like his entrance and stuff, and him going over it with Vince and all that. And it's kind of cool just to see the setup of it. And uh, actually, Enzo and Cass, I believe, are Terminators, like with the are guys they? in the yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, so the match itself, very old school match. In the sense that it's slow, um, just power moves, power hits, power punches. Well, I like how it starts off. It's slow. They're kind of feeling each other out. And, I mean, there's the classic taunts. You had the, the sting with the scream. Woo? His woo? I don't know if it's a woo or a whoa or whatever. Wow. Yeah, something like, like that. James Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the crotch chop. Like, they just bring out all the nostalgic stuff that, yeah. I don't know, as fans, you would want to see 15, 20 years ago between the two if they were to meet back then. Yeah, this, they used a lot of bells and whistles in this match. And mm -hmm. 
we were talking about before how before we start recording how everyone was kind of like well why isn't Sting facing the Undertaker and you can see why they put him with someone that can kind of carry him a little bit and Triple H did a good job with it and let's get right to the first run in which was DX Sting's got Triple H and the Scorpion Deathlock yeah and break it down Here well I, th- I thought it was great how Sting just started making the comeback he's coming back hot <laughs> he's got him in the Scorpion Deathlock I should it I thought it should have ended there. I thought Sting should have got the win, but then here comes DX. You see, so, we'll, all right, we'll skip ahead. So Sting loses, obviously. I didn't care. Cause I, I, we've talked about this before. I was such an anti-WCW person. Uh-huh. I'm like, no, fuck you. Yeah, you, sh- you should lose. It's Triple H. <laughs> but yeah. I could see why people were pissed. But I was okay with Sting losing, bottom line. His first match? Whatever. <laughs> His first match at WrestleMania, he loses. It's horrible. I, nobody comes in. Eventually, you always lose if you came from another company that tried yeah. to beat you. I think Goldberg is now kind of bucking that trend a little bit. He did when he first came, and he beat Rock his first night in. But uh-huh. either way, I'm but the, okay with the, the DX intro is really cool. I liked how they came down. I mean, they, everybody looks old, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but Billy Gunn was in damn good shape. I, he looked, yeah. He was, the he ass man. Mm-hmm. You, you got, did you find your ass lip shirt from last week? <laughs> no, ass lips. No, I didn't. <laughs> I threw it out. I would... <laughs> Man, did you, was that like a? This is a tangent, but was that like a live event purchase? Did you like order away in a catalog for no, that? No, I ordered online. I think. No. Yeah. Okay, if you say so. Or maybe I bought it in a store. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember I had it, and it got so old that it started to get holes in the armpits. I'm like, I gotta throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> I probably wore it as an undershirt to our polos that we that I wore to work. Yeah, <laughs> with you. <laughs> I bet you it was awesome. <laughs> An undershirt. <laughs> oh, so you're selling a customer uh, uh, some jewelry, and yeah. there's a uh, ass man T-shirt under it. That's right. Selling him a Movado watch, and yep, you're the that's... ass man. <laughs> yep. With lips. <laughs> so, anyways. Pink lips. Yes, pink lips. And anyways, the. Uh, I hate. Can I can I just cut you off for a yeah, second? Yeah, go ahead. So there's a Twitter. Um, Billy Gunn tweeted that he one of his shows got canceled over the weekend. This is today or okay. yesterday. One of his um, bookings got canceled over the weekend. Baron Corbin replies to him, do you cut grass now? And then all the other fans that kind of follow the two start calling him the grass man. He's like, I like to mow them. <laughs> <laughs> I like to plant them. <laughs> so there's like, <laughs> there's all these people talking about him being the grass man now instead of the ass man. <laughs> Why did Baron Corbin ask him if he cuts grass now? I don't know because he, one of his one of his bookings on the weekend. I think Corbin is trying to put him down that he doesn't wrestle anymore. That whatever he has planned for the weekend got canceled, and he's like, "Oh, what do you cut grass now?" Do you think they're <laughs> friends? Do you think Baron, Baron Corbin and Billy are friends? I'm sure they are because Billy was there when Baron was a Billy was a trainer. Billy got fired for steroids, which is hilarious. He's doing it for like a bodybuilder contest. He's not an active wrestler. Who cares yeah. what he does? Right. Um, all right, back to away okay. from we way too much time on the ass man. <laughs> like six minutes on the ass man. Yeah. Uh, DX comes down. They kind of do the thing, you know, distraction, all that stuff. Get him out of the Scorpion Deathlock, uh, and then after there's some shenanigans. After a few minutes, the NWL music hits because Triple H is about to win. Hit him with a sledgehammer. Yeah, and the NWL music hits. This was a huge pop for the and for me. I wasn't expecting. I was expecting DX and all them to come. I definitely yeah. wasn't expecting Scott Hall, Kevin Ash, and Hogan to come out. Yeah, full NWL get up. Hogan's playing the guitar. It took him a while to get down there. <laughs> DX yeah. ran. They did not run. No, no. 
still awesome. When moment. it happened live, I'm like, why is NWO coming out to help Sting? Because if, they are rivals. If they came out in Wolfpack colors, though. No, because Hogan uh, was eventually. Hogan. Yeah, eventually, yeah. they were. Yeah. But Hall wasn't. I think he was excluded because he was black and white. Yeah. Whatever it was, I didn't. I'm like, they don't go together. You know, I was being a snob then. But then watching it now, I'm thinking, it's okay, fun. yeah, it's WCW versus WWF. It doesn't matter. It's just yeah. another... It's fun. Yeah. And uh, so there's a couple of things when they're doing like a brawl on the outside. So Scott Hall gets Road Dog <laughs> ready for the Razor's Edge, and he takes a back. I'm like, oh, my God. Scott Hall is going to like burst into dust. Yeah. He's so old. and had hip surgery. Like, dude, you should not be taking bumps on the floor. Right. At least the camera person caught it. How pissed would he be? He's like, I did that you for <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that... Uh... One of the biggest moments for me was when, I think it's Billy Gunn hands Triple H a sledgehammer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, they're going to get Sting. And then Scott Hall does his little fancy way of handing, handing uh, yeah. Sting his bat. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's evened up now. Yeah. And, and, and during the build, a cool moment was when they were in the ring together and Triple H, like Sting was in his, as this is on Raw, Sting was in his coat and Triple H had the hammer. He kind of turned around smirking. Yeah. He turns around, Sting pulled the bath bottles under his coat. Stuck under like, his chin. Yeah, and then he actually broke it. No, he did that at WrestleMania, yeah, but he, he stuck the bat under his chin. So yeah. was, he had like the blank stare that he used to have in WCW, so good stuff. Yeah. Um, this is kind of a super, super nitpicky thing, but uh, Sting's makeup, it, like it's faded after like a minute and a half into the match. And I don't know if he needs to like, invest in better makeup or he's just going to like Halloween City and buying some makeup yeah, off I the shelf. Know. I don't know. And also, he doesn't fill all the way to like his head. Like it's probably there's like a huge gap, maybe because he's bald. But I, again, that's super nitpicky. Who cares? It wasn't super distracting. It was just something I noticed. Yeah, the only thing distracting for me was his his impending bald spot. How he tried to cover it up, tried to paint it. But I mean, he's getting he tried to paint it. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I should do that. I got a bald spot on the top of my head. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, when he's coming down, you could, I think it was on Raw or whatever. They got a back <laughs> a back shot of him, like overhead back uh -huh. shot, and you could just see like. The, yeah. the bald spot, WrestleMania, it looked like it was spray-painted in or filled in. <laughs> um, Didn't work so well for him. No, but, but I, thought he, I thought he looked good in the match. Like, he did the stinger splash, he did body slams, he took a lot of bumps, but it just was not fast-paced at all. Yeah, and then Sting's got Triple H in a Scorpion Deathlock, and here comes HBK wearing all of his, his DX shirt. I forgot shirt, about HBK. Wearing his DX shirt, and then every, like... Uh, promo free swag outfit. He's got like hunter gear yeah. hat, boots, wristbands, <laughs> everything out from the merch table. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure everybody paid him. Like, cause he does like, a lot of that, that outdoor stuff. So yeah. hits him with the good super kick. That's something I never would have saw. And when I was uh, younger, uh, this was when Sting was like the beach blonde Sting. Kind of like a, a fantasy match went in my head was Sting versus HBK. Yeah. So like this is like ninety four, ninety five HBK versus Sting. So that was kind of like gotcha. a fancy matchup for me. So when that happened, when I was watching it live, um, I said, "Well, there's four now. There's got to be a fourth NWO guy." And I'm trying to think back who was in NWO like at the beginning, and I remember the Giant was in the NWO like one of the first yeah waves of the NWO, but yeah. it never happened, which I wasn't super disappointed. Yeah, so the match keeps going. Uh, Triple H wins with a sledgehammer to the head. I kind of wish he hit him with a sledgehammer and then hit the pedigree, but he just did the sledgehammer. I think it was smart booking in the fact that it just made it look like he had to cheat really bad to to get the win. Yeah. Which I think, is, I mean, obviously Sting is cool with it. Yeah. I like thought it was paid, just, so whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was just a, a good way to end the match to where it didn't look like a totally clean victory, like he just totally screwed him over and, sure. and pinned him. 
But then it was kind of dumb how two minutes later now they're shaking hands in the ring. After well, you just got nailed in the face well, with a sledgehammer. Well, so I, I, I watch, I, I got like I'm down a YouTube trap the other day of like people's live experience, like people, I was WrestleMania project working on, like people doing like d- diary day and live videos of being at WrestleMania. And there's this group of guys that went and uh, afterwards they were talking about the show and they were like, you know, I thought it was cool that the handshake was like, it wasn't a big embrace. It was kind of like a resistant, like, yeah. I get it. Like, I don't like you, but I respect you type of thing. So I was, I, I never thought of that before. So the way they did shake hands was, was different than normal. It wasn't like a standard, Hey buddy. Yeah. Hug raise Sting didn't raise trip. Like just hand point at him. It was kind of a thing like, yeah. All right. We both went through this, you know, good, good shit. We'll see you again later. I guess you still didn't like it. No, I didn't like it because it happened too fast after he just That's okay. wailed him in the face of the sledgehammer. Now you're going to shake his hand. Sting was trying to hit him with a bat. Yeah, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next segment, we've got a Daniel Bryan interview backstage yeah. with Maria Menounos. I like this little segment. So it was, all, was cool. It was all the Intercontinental Champions recently. Or not recently, of the past. It was Pat Patterson, Roddy Piper. Rick um, Flair. Rick Flair, who I totally forgot was IC champion. He's Steamboat. Yep. Uh, Bret Hart. Yep. Yeah. So the Bret Hart pop came out, was kind of a huge little thing. He's like, I wish there was only one word to think of. They all start doing the yes, yes. <laughs> Cool I little thought pop. it was funny when Flair, before Bret Hart comes out, uh-huh. Flair does his woo, and then yeah. he just slaps Ricky Steamboat for no reason. <laughs> slaps him right in the neck. <laughs> and Steamboat for a second. I was like, what the hell? Well, the red light's on. Flair is on. <laughs> Jesus. Flair is on. So a fun little moment. Yeah. Uh, Piper was in there, too, and he like was had a big smile on his face. Maybe kind of sad that he's gone. Like, yeah. Aw, that stinks. I always thought he came off creepy. Like I liked him, but he just something about him just was really creepy about how just sentimental he seemed to be. Just, it, it probably had to do something with his his upbringing and that kind of stuff to where it made him that way. But yeah, it just always came off a little creepy to me. That's okay. It's a lot. But I loved him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his icy title win, Royal Rumble '92. I think we talked about it in the Royal Rumble show. One of my favorite moments as a kid, in addition, yeah. th- that and his rematch with the Mountie, where he took off, the, it was on like Saturday Night's main event, he like, he started the match in his shirt, and I was like, why is he not taking his shirt off? And then the Mountie hits him with the shocker, and he doesn't sell it, and he takes off his shirt, it's a shock proof. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool I remember little, that. Yeah, so cool stuff. I think, I, even back then, I, I felt that uh, Roddy Piper should have been a champion at some point, like before he won the Intercontinental title, because growing up before then, there was always like... And let's say 1990, say from 85 and that kind of stuff. Like I kind of knew a history of Roddy Piper being one of the big, one of the bigger stars, Hogan being one of the bigger stars. Um, yeah. Just stuff like that. And I'm like, why doesn't he have a belt? And I think I was part of the, part of the group of people that's like, you know, mad that he never got a belt, but yeah. then he gets the IC belt. But we talked about this, like from WrestleMania one to eight or nine, like one to seven for sure. It's all Hogan. Yeah. Like he's the guy that's got the belt. There's little changes here and there, but it's all Hogan, you know, Macho Man. <laughs> but he, and you can see why, because he ran the company. So yeah, and that's why the I think that's why the IC title meant so much because that was for everybody else. And when people say bring back the relevance of the IC title, it's tough now because everybody can be a main eventer with the switch of a week. So it's tougher yeah. now. Uh, it's known as the workers title, and I think just so many people are good at working. That's not you don't have anybody that stands out above the rest. What about guys that can shoot? Or they get workers or shooters. <laughs> I don't know. We'll Brother find out. Work themselves into a shoot. Brother. Oh. <laughs> Next up, got the Divas match of the card. Page. I didn't think it was that good. It was okay. Yeah. 
uh, Paige and AJ versus the Bells. I'd say it's like a C C match. Yeah. But on this show, so far, for it being a C, like that this is the worst match on the show. And it still had a story because Total Divas had come out and the Bells were the Total Divas and AJ yeah. and Paige were the, the, wrestlers. the women wrestlers. Like, yeah. We don't want to be part of that glamour glamour crap. But and, then Paige you know, was on Total Divas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she was part of the, with AJ as of like, you know, we're the wrestlers. Yeah, um, I thought it was cool. This was also on the WrestleMania 31 um, documentary type thing on the network where Paige is like crying, saying like, this is a dream come true and stuff. And you can kind of see uh, she talks about it on the thing where she's standing there on the ramp and kind of like taking it all in. And the cameraman's yelling like, come on, let's go, let's go. She's yeah. like, no, I want to take my time and look at this. So that was cool to well, see, especially she was waiting the backstory. for AJ too, because they came down together. She did, but I think she had to hit like her mark for like the music to hit. So okay. she's staying in one spot. And it's kind of a little cool thing for her, especially knowing the backstory. Yeah. Um, another thing kind of distracting, again, nitpicking type of thing, but I don't want to nitpick too much because it's not the theme of the show and it's not the theme of this WrestleMania is, so Brie Bella normally wears like pants with rips in and stuff. She wore like tights, like wrestler underwear tights, but it looked like she was in a giant diaper. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I didn't even notice <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, not a good look for Brie. So, <laughs> uh, but the match itself, a couple cool spots. Uh, they really let Paige kind of shine most of the match. It's only a seven-minute match. Paige takes most of it, ages on the outside for the most part, uh, with with bumps. And I'm curious if that was purposeful, like, you know, let's, let, let's let Paige shine. Um, but AJ did get Nikki to tap, so she yeah. got the win and then retired. So. I always liked how AJ could, could get that move on. The, the, the Widows? The Black Widow. Yeah. I thought I was going to call it the Widow's Peak. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. <laughs> now the Black Widow, yeah. yeah. Where there was some other wrestler in a different promotion that was their finisher. <laughs> okay. Um, Paige does like a somersault dive onto the, the Bellas. It's yeah. kind of awkward, but... It looks little, smooth, little, though. It doesn't look like it hurt. It looked like she just rolled onto them. Little, yeah, got a little <laughs> pop from the crowd. Uh, not much to say about this match, except it's all right. Yeah. Um, you kind of see how far the women's division has come. Because at the time, people were like, oh, wow, good women's wrestling match. And now... This is like a Raw match. This is not a WrestleMania match. If this is a standard Raw match, it's, it's really good. WrestleMania, it's just okay. I think it's more of a main event match. Like a when do they still do that? Wednesday main event? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Next up, we've got the Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame induction yeah. ceremony. So this class had some of my favorites. It had the Bushwhackers. Did you watch the actual Hall of Fame ceremony for this one? Not recently, but at all. Yeah, I always I always try to watch them. I love the Bushwhackers speech because um, they were so goofy. And... Uh, there was one part, it was either Butcher Luke, I don't know who it is, but the crowd was saying, like, oh, lick him. He's like, I don't want to lick him, I don't want to get sick. <laughs> and he had people come up and do the Bushwhacker march and stuff. I loved the Bushwhackers when I was a kid. Yeah, so that was a cool they were silly. For me. Yep. Used to be the Sheep Herders. I guess they're like a hardcore tag team and other promotions, but they were just a fun little little group. I liked them. Yeah. Uh, the Warrior Award speeches made a little dusty in the room. <laughs> little uh, sawdust coming around. Like someone's chopping onions. This was the uh, counter the crusher one where he got the award. Um, and Daniel Bryan's speech, if you can find the unedited one in YouTube, because the WWE kind of edited a little bit. Because the first he talks about what we do is fiction. It's not real. But Connor was real. And they took that out. I guess I kind of can see why. Because if you're a kid watching that, and you're like, like, well, why is he saying it's not real? Like, we're adults, we know. But you don't want right. to take that imagination away from little kids. So I get why they did it. Um, but Kevin Nash was... Kevin Nash wasn't the headliner. Macho Man was the headliner, but Kevin Nash had to close it because Macho Man's not with us anymore. So mm -hmm. his brother, Lanny, the genius, had an awesome poem for him. Just a fun little Hall of Fame. Um, we've got not the best class ever, but with the Macho Man finally being in, it's awesome. 
any little thoughts in the Hall of Fame or anything for you? No, nothing really comes back. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, Arnold was in the Hall of Fame this year as a celebrity. Oh, yeah. And I remember his speech. He got cheered a lot. And I could, he's like one of the only celebrities besides like Bob Bucher that got cheered during the Celebrity Wing of Hall of Fame. Uh, funny quick story about, so when I, the only Hall of Fame I went to live was one where Shawn Michaels got inducted at WrestleMania 27. That was also the year Drew Carey got inducted into the Celebrity Wing. And people were booing him. He's like, boo me all you want. I'm skinny and I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> so then he got a little, like, all right, I like Drew Carey now. Uh, so next matchup, we got Cena versus Rusev. I was not a fan of this feud at the time. Um, I don't know. I just, I, it ended up being a decent little match. Um, pretty hard hitting match, but we got to talk about that Rusev entrance and how amazing it was. I loved it. Came out in a fucking tank. Yeah. It was like a celebration parade. uh, Just, just so amazing with the, the Russian flags and the soldiers, soldiers and Lana, and he comes out in a tank. <laughs> it's amazing. Literally and a I tank. I don't, Literally yeah, a tank. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was their national anthem or whatever song that they have for Russia, but it started with that, and then when he got to the ring, they switched to his music. Yeah. So a lot of people booed him a lot. I don't remember people hitting him that much, but he got a ton of booing, especially when he got to the ring and started waving the flag. A ton of heat. Yeah. Uh, Cena just had a regular match. I think they played like a little intro with former presidents talking about freedom yeah, in America right. and all that. Uh, another thing, so when I was talking about that YouTube trap I got down with people being at the show, uh, these guys were from England and they were like, you know, they're playing all these videos and Cena is American. He's like, well, why do we care that he's defending America? Why do other people from other countries? And I think WWE forgets that sometimes and they kind of push the USA above all else thing. And they're like, well, who should we cheer for here? Why should we cheer for Cena? Because he's against Russia. We don't have anything against Russia, you know? Yeah, like we don't care. Yeah. Like, we hate America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also forgot Rusev didn't wear boots before. For a while, it was super distracting. He was barefoot with teeth. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, for me, it was so distracting. I did so notice he came out with the, the medal. I don't think he comes out with that anymore. No, no. Um, but other than that, any thoughts on the match itself? I thought it was a good stiff match. Um I don't think there's anything that really stood out. I think the ending of the match where Cena wins, you know, sets up probably one of the best, I guess, eras in, for the U.S. title. Yeah, that's right. And, and unfortunately, I don't think Rusev could have done that. Yeah, it definitely brought it up. He did the open challenge. Yeah, that was a cool, cool little thing. All he got guys from NXT opportunities, good yeah, matches. Yeah, I thought his matches like later on with uh, Stardust was really good because when I think of Cena back then, I didn't think of him being that advanced in wrestling he maybe had 10 12 moves but he's evolved in the past couple of years of, of being i think really good wrestler too cena yeah, yeah but i think the younger guys challenged him and it just made him look better i'm like oh my god he can't keep up with stardust he can't keep up with Sami Zayn. he can't keep up with yeah uh zach Ryder. like to me he just seemed like a bumbling brute but now he can kind of keep up with the fast pace he's guys. consistently had good match good pay-per-view matches for mm-hmm. a long time and uh but I always saw him challenging other guys his size, like big muscle guys. Yeah. And to see him fight, you know, other guys that were smaller than him and quicker and faster and stuff like that, I thought the, was cool. The one spot that confused me in this match was um, Cena's got Rusev in the STF, and Lana throws in her shoe. But, like, Cena doesn't break the hold. I don't know if she was supposed to hit him with her shoe and missed. It's just kind of a weird – that's what my guess is what happened. It was just confusing. I don't know what the deal was with that. It was just a weird spot. Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, they didn't really call too much attention to it because I think they kind of messed up. Uh, also, what was it here? 
Oh yeah, the so um, this is seen it as a springboard stunner for yeah. Rusev. And if you notice, when Rusev sells it, he sells Austin Stunner the next year the exact same way. Like he he would jump up. So maybe it's just practice for him. Yeah. Uh, but well, someone was making fun of how Luke Harper. This is going just to the elimination chamber. How Luke Harper. There's Forrest. How Luke Luke Harper sold uh, the RKO. He sold it like a stunner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Luke Harper did. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cena wins, gets a huge pop, and I was surprised at the pop he got. Huge pop for the win. Yeah. Because everybody, everybody cares about John Cena. Forrest is pumped for the John Cena win. I'm sure she loves she's, him. I'm sure she's barking at the mailman. Yeah. Or, or maybe I'm getting another package in the mail that dropped off today. Like, uh, I posted on Twitter. So we talked about our Toys and Video Games show. Um, I talked about the Legion of Doom story, how I got him from Toys R Us, and I lost him. So I was on eBay, found him, got him, and a package showed up. I forgot I ordered them because it came like media mails. took forever. My wife, Lauren's like, what is this? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> so I opened up. I'm like, oh, my God, it's this. I'm so excited. So were you more excited at the time, the first time you got him or the second time you got him? Oh, the first time, for <laughs> sure. I mean, the second time was cool, but the first time, just that moment's never going to be repeated. Well, maybe because you knew you were getting him. The first I, time I'd you forgotten. Didn't... No, I forgot completely. Oh, okay. But still, it's it's... Listen to the Toys and Video Games podcast if you want to hear that story. <laughs> um, Cena wins, huge pop. Next segment is the attendance announcement, which is 76,976. Uh, Triple H and Steph are in the ring saying, everybody sucks, we own you, and all of a sudden the Rock's music hits. Now, this was actually a big surprise to people because The Rock was in New York the night before. I don't know if you remember this, uh, for, which is why a lot of people were saying he's not going to be there this year. He was promoting a, his movie or doing whatever he was doing. Fast and, and Furious movie. Yeah, so he shows up and huge pop. Cool little promos. Everybody's into it. This is actually a pretty long segment, but didn't feel that long when I watched it. I the first time it. I saw it, it didn't feel that long. The second time I'm watching it, they're taking so much time between you talk, long pause, I talk. Yeah, that's, long pause, that's annoying. Talk. That's annoying for the home viewers, but for the live crowd, it's awesome. Like, because the crowd is getting into it. Yeah. And you're doing your chanting and all that kind of stuff. But then there's so much time between people talking that it's just kind of boring. But. I liked when, well, you can, if you've got more to add before no, I just gonna, Rhonda comes in. Yeah, so uh, when Stephanie's kind of running down the rock, she says, I made you, Vince McMahon Sr. made you, Vince McMahon Jr. made you. And there's a Shane O'Mac chant. I completely forgot about yeah. that. And this is before Shane came back. Shane O'Mac. Uh, it's like, no. And then Rock tells Triple H, you know, your balls are in Stamford. Stephanie slaps the rock. <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to hit me. You gotta hit a woman. Yeah, and then Rockets out of the ring, and he stops. Everyone's like, and everyone starts chanting Ronda, Ronda, and it was a cool camera shot because it was just the Rock, just the Rock, and then boom. Yeah, the they're, camera shot was they're it, both it hit her it. the whole time. There were some other fighters that you you could see getting excited. Yeah. when he passed them, but you never saw Ronda. Well, Ronda, they they kind of like showed the early in the show, but he kind of forgot about her. But the crowd didn't forget about her. Yeah, and man. Man, was the crowd hot for this, and the Ronda's going to kill you chance, and uh, they missed an opportunity for having a, a mixed tag match for the next year's WrestleMania. I don't know if The Rock said no or Ronda said no, but yeah, she's been good. She's lost two matches now, so I think she could still come to WWE <clears throat> and still be a big star. Brock was coming off two straight losses when he came back, mm -hmm. um, but it's just what a moment, and then the hip toss she gives Triple H is just, he sells it like he got shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Even when, even when The Rock just looks at Ronda, 
the pops like, oh my god. And I love how Stephanie didn't ignore like, no rock, we're friends because remember at SummerSlam yeah. they had like doing all the stuff together, so it was cool. Well, for the, that. the part that gave me goosebumps or just chills or was when Rock looked at her and stuck his hand out, and then she sticks her hand out and hops over. I'm like, oh my god, yes. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Rhonda, you know, grabs Stephanie's arm and Stephanie does, Stephanie does not take a bump, which was kind of annoying, yeah. but she gets thrown out of the ring and, and a weak little arm bar and gets yep. thrown out. <laughs> if you smell what the rock and Ronda Rousey are cooking, huge pop for the crowd. This is probably about a 25 minute segment. It's pretty yeah. long, but I did, it didn't feel long for me. Even rewatching it didn't feel mm-hmm. long. Um, I think because I knew what was going to happen, I wanted to get to that point. Yeah. And it'd be awesome this year if they get Conor McGregor to do something. Yeah. I think people would go ape shit if Connor, cause he's the biggest star in pay-per-view right now. And, uh, he's just amazing fighter, you know, he's champion. So he'd be awesome to come right now. I don't know if he will. I think we'll see what happens, but it'd be awesome if he came. He's kind of hinted at it a little bit. Like, yeah, we've had talks, but he says a lot of stuff. So we'll yeah. see. Next up, we've got, uh, Bray Wyatt undertaker. And this was a feud that Wyatt had to build all by himself. Because Undertaker was not there for any of the buildup. His and, first appearance was WrestleMania. Yeah, I loved the feud. I loved Bray Wyatt. Back then, I just liked how he taught everything that he said building up with this pro- week after week after week building this up. I was hypnotized by, hypnotized by what he said, how he said it, and all that kind of stuff. And then he's lighting the casket on fire. He's like, you know, find me, find me. I want this match with, uh, with the Undertaker. You know, answer me, all that kind of stuff. And then... You remember how he got the answer? No, I don't. I didn't watch. The, I didn't watch the recap. Um, I think he's doing. He's on Monday Night Raw. He's talking. He's teasing the whole. He's got the urn in the middle of the ring. The the light is dark or the lights are out, and he's like, "Oh, are you in here, Undertaker?" And he opens up the uh, uh-huh. the urn, and he's looking at. It, and he just looks shocked, and he starts laughing. He's like, <laughs> you know, teasing the people like, "Oh, you thought he was going to be in this urn?" So he sets the urn down, and then. I don't know, 10 seconds later, it starts smoking. And uh, Bray Wyatt starts to get scared. He's backing up against the ring. Undertaker, lightning, the music, that kind of stuff. And then you hear Undertaker's voice saying, you know, I'll meet you at WrestleMania. Yep. And I don't know what happened to the table that the urn was on, but all of a sudden it's gone. It's a rocking chair sitting in the middle of the ring. And then oh yeah, the lightning strikes the, strikes the rocking chair. And Bray is just laughing, like just his psychotic maniacal laugh like yes i'm gonna get you <laughs> i'm gonna reap your soul and all that kind of stuff but, and all that kind of stuff reaping souls <laughs> yeah 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 which i mean who was gonna beat the undertaker really but i just liked brock lesnar yeah well, well that's true i liked how it was you know he's the to me he's the newer undertaker i wish he, he was said little, i'm the new face of fear yeah i wish he would be a little bit more supernatural but i liked him even back then just how creepy and uh, I don't know. I liked him. I still do. You, you pumped. He won the title. Yeah. Okay. I was cool. excited. Cool. I before we get to the match. Uh, so I was not on the Wyatt winning the title trade. Then I watched the Elimination Chamber, and I'm in now. Just the match. His, he seems like on fire. Like he's not like. I feel like there may have been times where he's kind of going through the motions, and now like it seems like he's all in as far as putting everything he has in the match. The crowd's behind him. SmackDown title will be pretty cool to see what they do. Yeah. I like how he got just how, well, he beat John Cena, pinned him, Elimination Chamber. So you knew there was going to be a new champion. Then it comes down to him and AJ, and he he beats AJ. 
Yep. So he looks strong. Yeah. Both guys. Yep. So we'll see what he does. What did you think of his entrance this year at WrestleMania 31 with the Scarecrows? I thought it was awesome. Because the Scarecrows just look like they're Scarecrows. He walks by. He's he, got, they look like, like the Batman cartoon series Scarecrows. Yeah. Pretty cool. He stuff. walks by. He touches their forehead. They kind of wake up. <laughs> and then they start following him. But as he walks down the ramp, he's touching each Scarecrow. And they all wake up and they start following him. And I thought it was cool. Probably because of the fact that it wasn't completely dark yet. The only time The Undertaker has been outdone in an entrance. Because his was just the standard one. But it wasn't as cool because it wasn't completely dark. Yeah. I wonder what the casting call was for those scarecrows. Wanted actors. <laughs> people show up like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's like, who are you? this bearded guy. It's like, wait, well, I'm, sure they, I'm sure they're developmental guys or local I'm guys. sure they were actors. Do you think so? I think so. Maybe we can find out, but uh, match itself. We'll start... find out in a couple years when someone's main eventing WrestleMania is like, hey, I was a scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, first thing I noticed rewatching this match is how good shape, uh, shape Taker was in. Like, yeah. no no Taker beer gut like he had at the Rumble. Like, you know, um, she had his hair back. It wasn't long, but it wasn't balding like it is now. So he looked in great shape. And even from the year prior at 30, you know, he just was moving good, you know, did a lot to get in shape for this match. Right. And he started off a lot of offense. Um, this is about a 15-minute match. It was a good match. I don't know if I would have had Undertaker win. But it didn't in the long run, which is where we are now, hurt Bray Wyatt to lose. Um, the match had some cool spots. I'm sure you've got it noted down. The sit, the crab walk, and yeah. the sit up where they both looked at each other. That's something I should have just assumed was going to happen, but I didn't think about it. And then when yeah. it did, I kind of lied when I was watching it. was like, oh, this is awesome. And then rewatching it now, I'm like, oh, this was sweet. So Yeah, the two notes that I took away from that was the scarecrows that follow him um, that he wakes up. When he touches him, and then the the spider walk met with uh, Undertaker set up. Just the fear in Bray's Bray's eyes when he's that, <laughs> he's yeah. like face to face. That crab walk set up is going to be on promo packages for like WrestleMania highlights forever. Yeah, um, and that's what WrestleMania is about. And uh, we talk, I talked about this with some people before, where people kind of complain like, "Oh, these part timers coming back for WrestleMania and all this." People have to realize WrestleMania is no longer the show for the hardcore fan. It's for the casual fans. It's just a big event. Mm-hmm. It's just like the Super Bowl is just for everybody, where it's just a, uh, a small group of hardcore fans that watch every week. I guess not. The NFL is not small, but you get people that never watch football watching the Super Bowl. That's why they do all the bells and whistles and they do the halftime shows and stuff. And that's what the WWE does with WrestleMania. So if you go into watching WrestleMania with that attitude, it's okay to you can enjoy it a lot more. I think. But that's all the WrestleManias. They bring in celebrities. Yeah. They bring in you know timekeepers and announcers and singers. I mean, it just it is more of a show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Maria Menounos did the interview earlier. With she's a fan though. Title. Like she's not just like some random celebrity who hates. Right, being but she's there. a celebrity. Yeah. Well, she's an e-host. But people know who she is. I wouldn't know who she was if she wasn't ever on wrestling. Well, you're not a woman. <laughs> she's a, she's probably in all the magazines. Last and, I checked, yeah, yeah. She she had a match at uh, 28. Yeah, so she's good. Yeah, all right. You all like right. her? <laughs> I didn't think she looked like. I thought she looked like she could do wrestling moves. All right. Well, she's in shape. Yeah. All right. Enough with Maria Minos. <laughs> Undertaker Woods with the tombstone. He gives him two tombstones for the win. There was a cool spot where Bray countered one of the tombstones into a sister, Abigail. Um, good, the, good match. 
I thought <laughs> how he got Undertaker and the Sister Abigail just looked so weird because Undertaker was so tall and just yeah. have him bend over. Yeah. He, he was more pretty much standing up. Yeah, <laughs> he had his arm all the way up in the air. Undertaker's, Come on, fucking hit it, dude! My back hurts. <laughs> right. What are you doing? Um, but I thought it was a good match. I liked it. Another again, I keep, keep going back to that WrestleMania 31 documentary uh, on the network. Undertaker is getting ready to go out. Brock goes up to him, kind of get, Brock Lesnar gives him a little pep talk. Like, you want you to go get some? Go get some. Like, which was I thought was kind of cool. Like a little moment to see like Brock, who wouldn't think he's just all business, doesn't care about anybody, went up to tell Undertaker, like, "Hey, I'm sure they've been friends for a while. Go, go, go get, go get some." It was a pretty cool little moment. I think I might have to find that. The because I watched the WrestleMania 32. Yeah, it's called WrestleMania 30. It's called WWE 24 WrestleMania Silicon Valley. Okay, it's the WWE 24 series. So check it out. It's it's awesome. They did one for Dallas. They went for New Orleans. They did one for uh, Santa Clara. Thirty. So the 30, right. 31, 32. Go check it out. Anybody else, it's awesome. Um, so Undertaker wins. We go to the main event. The build for this match sucked. Like, hey, this is the positive show, but it wasn't a good build. Didn't matter because the match was freaking awesome. Like, without even without the cash-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, entrances come out. Roman's getting booed. Brock comes out, getting cheered. When he does his jump into the ring, they do awesome pyro around the stadium, huge production value. Right when, right from the bell, Brock starts beating the crap out of Roman. Suplexes. This is where Suplex City is born. Brock goes, Suplex City, bitch. I'm, yeah. s- I'm sure he's glad he said that because all the T-shirts he sold because of it. Uh, just brutal match. Like, he hits the F5 within the first like minute of the match, and the crowd's like, oh, he's going to yeah. squash him. They right. can get Cena. Like, Every time Brock fought, not so much the past couple of months, but all the way up until then, past Undertaker up to this match, or maybe I don't know, a couple of months after that. Every time Brock Brock fought, it just felt like a big fight. It felt like a shoot fight. Like he's, I'm not going to say sloppy, but he's he doesn't look like he's trying to take care of the other guy. He's not choreographed. He's not. It just he's just throwing you around. He's punching you. His the knees that he you know nailed into Roman's ribs just looks so real. Like everything he did to Roman looked real. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Um, I don't know what else there's to say other than, you know, there's there's the part I think where Roman makes his comeback is Roman, they're on the outside, Roman shoves Brock's head into the post. We were just watching that before we started. Brock just whacks his head into the post like, all right, let's get myself busted. <laughs> yeah. He starts bleeding, which is not common for WWE. Uh, but what made it look more real, obviously it was real, but sometimes they try to make things look real when they're not. But what made it look real, he just looked completely dazed, like, out of it. He was drooling. Like, he just looked like he lost all control of what he was <laughs> trying to, you know, maintain for, you know, 10, 15 seconds. Another thing I want to call out is Michael Cole's call of the match was pretty good. Like, he was really selling, like, how brutal this was. Mm-hmm. And Cole gets shit on a lot, and sometimes it's deserved, sometimes it's not. But he did a really good job of calling this match, um, really pushing how... Roman's not going to be able to beat this man. Mm. The only thing I didn't really like was everyone's kind of said they did like it was Roman smiling. I'm sure that was a Vince thing saying, oh, so you're getting beat, but like, oh, come on, man, bring it on. Uh, the ending where Roman hit a couple spears and the Superman punch, the crowd was like, oh, no, not Roman winning. Because it looked like, it really looked like he was going to win. And then Brock kicked out and then, um, and Roman goes for one final Superman punch. Brock catches him in the F5 and they're both out. And then Seth Rollins' music hits. When you were watching this live, was Rollins in the back of your head coming out? No, I, t- I totally forgot about him. I thought, he did, I thought he did a match earlier. He lost his match earlier. He's kind of done. 
I totally forgot about him. Yep, me too. Same thing. Completely forgot. And this has one of the most iconic shots in WrestleMania is when Rollins running down the ramp, kind of like mm-hmm. trying to keep his balance, and the cameraman's keeping up at him, panning from behind. Awesome shot. And uh, if anybody gets a chance to, go on YouTube to watch like Seth Rollins cash in live reactions. So there's people like at the show watching, people at like home watching, and it's just awesome. Like, oh, shit. Cause this is really- I, was, I was really excited. Yeah, me too. Um, so my, I'll tell you the story Eric and I were talking before we started. I had like a, this was a wrestling I didn't go to, like I mentioned. So I had a bunch of friends over. And one of my friends didn't watch, doesn't watch wrestling like at all. Came over just to hang out and watch the shows. And we're all going nuts. And then Rollins wins. He's, he's got the belt. The show ends. <laughs> my friend who doesn't watch it, he's like, wait, what happened? I'll come back out with the briefcase as the title now. Where did he come from? So we had to explain what is it to IRS him. doing out there? <laughs> so we had to explain to him. And it's kind of funny to think about, like, oh, this is really ridiculous for someone that doesn't watch every week and doesn't yeah. know what that briefcase and cash it is. So, right. um, and what's funny, too, is we're all, like, shouting and going over, like, yeah, he's going to cash in. And, uh, well, Lily is making the announcement. My friend Pat's like, shut up. Shut up. What's she, what's she going to say? Is it triple threat? Is it one-on-one? Shut up. Everybody shut up. So we're all silent. And then he warned. And pretty pumped that he won. Awesome moment. I thought it was, <clears throat> what am I trying to think of? Uh, towards the end, after he does it, and Rollins is going back up the ramp, Michael Cole says, it's the heist of the century. Yeah, <laughs> Rollins, And then Rollins, I loved when he like had the belt above his head and was swinging it around. Yeah. Uh, and he, had, he, he timed it just right, lifting a belt up over his head, the pyro going off, and it goes off the air. And Perfect promo. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, you know, just one of the better, we're talking about endings of WrestleMania. WrestleMania 30 last year, amazing. The year before this, I should say, where, where Brian wins and Michael Cole's got another awesome call where he goes, tap on Batista, and he taps, and he goes, the miracle kid, the miracle kid, the miracle on Bourbon Street, he did it. Like, that's a really good call. Yeah. So back-to-back years, Michael Cole's got awesome calls in the main event of the match. So mm-hmm. Everyone shits on Michael. We're here at the Positively Pro Wrestling <laughs> Podcast to give him some props. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> really? Every week or just sometimes? I, I like him. All right. Well, yeah. that's okay. Cool. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this match, the cash-in? Like we talk about our thoughts at the time. Going back watching it now, because I know what happens, I like watching the crowd and not necessarily the match, but the crowd's all like, oh, shit, here we go. No, I don't really have anything. I thought from the beginning to end, it was a lot better than what I was expecting. Like you said earlier, that there wasn't, I don't know, maybe it was going to be a garbage WrestleMania. I, I think that at that time, a lot of WrestleManias were better than expected. Yeah. Uh, this is just awesome show, and that's why I want to do this because this year everyone's kind of shitting on something that hasn't even happened yet or even announced yet. So let's wait and see and enjoy it. You know, we're all wrestling fans. Let's wait and see and, and see if it's a great show. I hope so. I hope it is. I hope it's great every year. Uh, uh, yeah, that's all I got for this WrestleMania. Just an awesome show. That's all I've got. Yeah, cool. So next week, um, Eric, you're going to be booted because. I did a show, uh, his name is KB, does KBWrestlingReviews.com. He's an author on Amazon as well. He has reviewed every major promotions pay-per-view ever, along with most Nitros, most Raws, everything. And he's kind of my standard when I'm watching the network. Like, is this worth my time? And, like, he gives it, like, a D plus no. Or, like, this is an A plus, I'll watch it. Um, He had been to WrestleMania 30 and 32. So we talked about that. We talked about his review stuff. It was supposed to be a 10-minute interview. End up being a full hour, so it's going to be the full show. So next week we're going to do that with uh, him, and 
keep going with this WrestleMania Memories Project. Uh, anybody wants to join on, please shoot me a note on Twitter at ppwpodcast, ppwpodcast at gmail.com is where you can reach me. Uh, thank you to Lance for being the first guest of ours in this WrestleMania Memories Project. Uh, he talked about WrestleMania 23. And also next week, I'm going to incorporate my wife's little segment she had on. And she was kind of embarrassed, but I made her come on and talk anyway. And she talked about her WrestleMania 32 experience, which I thought was kind of cool to get a girl's perspective of it. And from her not being much of a fan, but kind of knowing what's going on, uh, her idea of how much fun she had and, and, and it not being what she expected at all. So, Eric... You got anything else to close out the show before we wrap up here? I guess I got a week off. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll have you as a guest. <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll do the WrestleMania Project. Uh, guys, thank you. Uh, listener listens and downloads have been growing a little bit from week to week, so that's kind of cool. You know, nothing crazy, but I appreciate everybody listening. Um, any feedback at all, let me know. PPW Podcast on Twitter, at P. PW Podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, Gmail, brother, <laughs> Gmail. Yeah, I don't give any emails. It's just all Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, there's Twitter DMs. People slide into my DMs. Oh, look at you. Yeah, as wrestling fans. <laughs> uh, in, in the uh, interviews, we talked a lot about community, like wrestling fan community, and I and I don't want to spoil it too much, but have you noticed that like if you ever go to wrestling shows where people are all like no one's like a dick to you like if you're like at a football game and you wear like a, <clears throat> a Steelers jersey at like a Chiefs game somebody like, oh fuck you which Steelers. I did <laughs> <laughs> alright good so <laughs> fuck you Steelers suck Jerome Bettis is a loser I'm yeah. the only Steeler I know off the top of my head that's not a rapist um, but uh, no you're right there is a sense of community with a, like you're among your people <laughs> yeah it's like everyone's in on it like we know this is silly but we're yeah. in so back off <laughs> Yeah, I get that at some metal concerts I go to. It's like you know we're you know we're together. We're good. That's a good point people. too. But I think at some concerts sometimes you get people that are like a little too like aggressive with like cutting and fun and getting closer and stuff like closer to the stage, where like ROH shows and stuff like the setup is kind of like sit wherever there's it's assigned a seats, but like no one's like by the way type right, of thing. get out of my seat yeah um, I'm <laughs> i said seat, here last time i've been seat a1 uh look at my ticket like yeah. bullshit there's, there's just folded chairs <laughs> <laughs> right those the, there's pieces of paper all like post-it notes all over the floor yeah. like yeah i got a post-it note too buddy <laughs> but nobody does that everyone sits wherever it's a, yeah. a good community so um back to the positive theme of this show that i wanted to start so eric thanks for coming on this week thanks for always being here and thank you, listeners. Uh, we will see you guys next week with more WrestleMania memories. Thanks, guys.